Welcome to Explaining Brazil, a new podcast brought to you by The Brazilian Report in partnership with HuffPost Brazil. My name is Gustavo Ribeiro, editor-in-chief of The Brazilian Report. In this space, we will talk about Brazilian politics, economics, and social issues. As usual, I'm joined by Kiara Long, staff writer at The Brazilian Report. Hello, Kiara. Hi, Gustavo. Great to be here. Today, we're going to talk about Brazil's soft power, that is, the ability to influence others without the use of military force or economic pressure. If guns and money are the hard power, then the soft power is the ability to influence and co-opt other countries. And to talk about that, we're joined by Daniel Boarque, a Brazilian journalist who is doing his PhD at King's College London exactly about that. Daniel has literally written the book about Brazil's soft power, which is called O País do Presente, or in English, The Country of the Present, a reference to the fact that everybody for generations says that Brazil is always the country of the future. Daniel, I'm glad you're with us, and I begin asking you, are we the country of the present yet? Oh, hi, Gustavo. Uh, hi, Karen. Uh, so uh, this is a very... Uh, uh, interesting topic for Brazilians because we cared about that a lot and we pay a lot of attention to that. And uh, after writing the book, I have been discussing this a lot since I, I wrote the book in 2010, 2011, the time when the country was booming everywhere. People were talking about Brazil. Uh, and since then, things have changed a little bit. But uh, the main point is that it's not about being the country of the future or the country of the present. It's about being the country that is present. Uh, my main point is that Brazil is a country that people know about, that people uh, have some interest on, and that's not going to change uh, if the country is going through a crisis. That's not going to change much if the country is going through a boom, boom time as it did before. Uh, so although I, I call the country of the present not to that idea of country of the future, my main idea is to discuss how Brazil is a country that people know about, the country that is present in the global arena, and a country that uh, is trying to have its voice heard. Well, Daniel, it's interesting you mention that, because that definitely ties into something that Gustavo and I were both wondering about, which is that, you know, a few years ago, Brazil was in this position where it was seemingly the world's sweetheart. You know, you had that infamous cover of The Economist magazine with Christ kind of rocketing upwards into the skies. Mm -hmm. How do you think Brazil's image compares now? Uh, th that's really, really uh, interesting to think about that because uh, uh, people people are still talking about that cover, even though uh, the, the Economist has other two covers showing the Christ uh, uh, after that, showing the the the, the Christ rocket Christ uh, losing its directions and uh, Brazil blowing it, as they call it. Uh, uh, when we talk about uh, how the international media is is projecting the image of Brazil and reflecting what Brazil is like. Uh, th there are some very interesting studies that show that there's been a complete inversion of, of uh, uh, tone in which Brazil appears in, in foreign media. Uh, in, 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 from 2009 to 2016, uh, Brazil went from having 80% of uh, news in foreign media positive about the country to having 80% 80 80 of the foreign news uh, uh, with a negative tone about the country. So we see that uh, the main story about the country in the rest of the world, of the world right now uh, is a crisis, is uh, the problem with the, the economy, is the, the, the political instability, uh, the fact that we saw another impeachment, 
the fact that we have a, a president that uh, lacks leg legitimacy to some of his decisions, uh, the fact that we are we have a very contested uh, uh, trial of Lula uh, that's going to go to the uh, Supreme Court tomorrow. Uh, so uh, the, the main point is that uh, uh, crisis has become. Uh, uh, we all we all know how journalism works. Uh, we know that there is the uh, the effect of everybody going the same the same line. So when everybody was saying good things about Brazil, everybody was saying good things about Brazil. And when the 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 tide changed, uh, everybody changed along. And now now the main the main point is uh, the country is going through through a, a very problematic crisis, and there's there seems to be no end to it. And so, uh, Daniel, uh, mm -hmm. uh, do you think? Yeah that the way that Brazil is depicted in, uh, in, by international media outlets can be sometimes condescending. Because I remember um, in the last moments before the Olympics, the way that people were portraying some uh, stories about Brazil, for me, was kind of shocking. I remember one American TV station talking about Cracolândia, uh, where uh, essentially areas where people go to smoke crack, like they were mm -hmm. just finding out about that. Like that's not something that happens in the U.S. Like there's no opioid crisis in the U.S. Mm -hmm. Like saying, wow, people smoke crack in Brazil. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think it can have some some condescendence. Uh, I'm not sure if that's a term, actually. Uh, uh, condescendence. Uh, but uh, the main point is that when you think about the coverage of the Olympics and the coverage of the World Cup, uh, you have to understand that the, the foreign media is talking to a lot of people who have never heard about Brazil. I was just saying that Brazil is a country that is more known now than it was before, uh, but still, uh, uh, people don't think about other countries that much. Uh, I'm not talking really about Brazil. I'm talking about uh, how much people in different countries think about other nations. Uh, and the, the, the main academic uh, line of study about that is that people think about five or six countries uh, in their routine. So uh, uh, someone in the United States uh, will probably not think about Brazil unless they have to. Uh, they will think about uh, Russia because it's on the news all the time. They will think about uh, uh, European partners, maybe China because it's another global power, maybe Mexico because it's a neighbor. Uh, but they would not they, they would not think about Brazil. So uh, they know where Brazil is. They, they have some idea of where Brazil is. They know what Brazil is represents as a whole. Uh, but they are watching the coverage of the, the Olympic Games, and most of them don't know anything about Brazil. Uh, and that's that's not the, saying that the Americans are ignorant. Uh, it's saying that, that that's like that everywhere. For example, uh, when uh, when uh, the World Cup comes up now in in uh, in Russia, Brazilians don't know anything about Russia. They think that Russia is about uh, uh, vodka, probably. Uh, <laughs> people don't think people don't think about other countries. And when you when you have when you have uh, a very important global sports event like the the Olympic Games. Uh, all the news outlets are going to that country and are going to talk about the country. So they have to simplify. They have to resort to stereotypes. They have to resort to uh, generalizations, and they ha they end up re uh, resorting as well to some some uh, uh, exaggerations and to some uh, 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 use of uh, uh, to, to the exploitation of some images that are not good for the country. 
that's that's how the business of news work when you think of a, a global event like that that people are not people are going to be learning about that country so uh, it's natural that in that moment there were more, more news like that but if, if you look at the, the the traditional coverage of of the foreign media uh especially in the newspapers of record the the, the real newspapers of the world uh there is some very good report going reporting going on uh, and uh, 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 when you look at that, they, they, uh, I, was, I was discussing that uh, the other day with some people in Oxford. They, they were talking about, uh, uh, they were asking about this, this international coverage. And the idea that I was trying to pass is that the foreign media is always trying to show the forest of Brazil. They have to contextualize, they have to explain what's going on in the country, uh, while the media in Brazil uh, it's always about the trees. It's always about the small stories, the small details that are going on in the reality that people already know about. Uh, so the that's that's the, the 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 difference. That for example, if we're going to talk about the the trial of Lula uh, in Brazil, no media outlet will have to explain who Lula is, but that will have to happen anywhere else in the world. Even though Lula is probably the the best known politician of Brazil in, in the recent history. Uh, even though uh, Lula was the man, according to Obama, uh, in 2009, uh, uh, now people still have to re remind the readers and people everywhere in the world who Lula is and who, who Lula was. Uh, and uh, that can bring some discomfort for people in Brazil. Uh, and I think that that's what you're saying when you're talking about uh, that, that uh, the story about Cacolândia, for example. Uh, but... Again, we have to think that that story were not, was not uh, designed for Brazilians. That was designed for people who don't know a lot about the country and who uh, have stereotyped images about the country. So uh, it can fit into that reality. Well, Daniel, it's really interesting that you that you mentioned that that um, that certainly plays into something that I wanted to ask, which was that you know the news cycle in Brazil does seem to have changed irreversibly since since the Olympics. You know there really doesn't seem to be a lot of positive news coming out of Brazil, and that's something that I think features in certain soft power studies. But, you know, a lot of the stuff that's coming out at the moment is crime, is drugs, is corruption. I mean, what, what's your take on that? I think that that's because the, the situation of Brazil changed. Uh, for us who know Brazil and who uh, live in Brazil, I lived in Brazil until last year, so uh, for us living in Brazil, that change was gradual, but for people uh, uh, looking from abroad and not paying attention all the time, the, the, the change was uh, more radical at that moment. People were, a lot of people were still thinking about Brazil uh, as the, the country that was growing, the country that was uh, uh, attracting attention for, for being what, it, what people didn't expect from it, for, for being a country uh, uh, with a, uh, a developing economy and uh, uh, reducing inequalities. And then people stopped paying attention for Brazil, to Brazil for a few years, and then the Olympics came, and what they saw was a little, almost the opposite of that, a country in deep crisis, a country in a situation uh, that people don't know what's going to happen. Uh, and the situation didn't change after that for Brazil. The country is still a mess. Uh, we can think about the, the chaos in politics. We can think about the, the economy that's not really recovering for people. Uh, and so the news that are coming out of the country are bad because the news in the country are bad. Uh, if you look at national media as well, uh, it, it, it's, it's, I mean, uh, uh, Folha de São Paulo has been trying to 
to uh, uh, give space to good news about the, the country, uh, uh, good news in general. And it, it, it's really it's really hard sometimes to find good news going on in the country, especially, I mean, you can find good stories, uh, uh, particular cases, but in general, thinking about the country, uh, uh, I, I, I don't blame the media for showing things that are problematic when the country is going to a problematic phase. That's, I was just going to say, I, like, obviously it's the media's job to report on what they find, but I'm curious as to how you think that affects Brazil's kind of soft power. Yeah, that, that's a good that's a good point because uh, I did a, I did a, uh, uh, an analysis of that uh, late last year, uh, talking about soft power and talking about uh, nation branding and the image of Brazil in general. Uh, I I compiled eight different analyses uh, of uh, uh, surveys that are done globally about what think, people think about Brazil, uh, and in 2017, since 2000 and 13, Brazil has been falling in this in these rankings, uh, and in 2017 it, it lost positions in all of them. It was a terrible year for the country, even if you think it's a year after after the the the, the, the Olympics. So that that's what's going on. When the spotlight was put on Brazil for the Olympics and people were paying attention, uh, and the situation of the country was not good, people reversed a little bit the, the idea they had about the country. So we saw, for example, uh, the soft power authority, the, one of the main analyses of uh, soft power of countries in the world. Uh, Brazil has uh, been around the 20th place in that, that ranking for a while. And uh, last year, in, in the last index, it was the, the, the second to last. So uh, it dropped a lot. And it was in front just of Turkey, because and, and you can understand that Turkey has had a, an actual attempted coup d'etat, it has, has had violence, it has had uh, a, a more dramatic situation than Brazil. And uh, uh, you mentioned that uh, soft power has a lot to do with being present. And uh, yeah. one thing that I wanted to go back and talk about with you is the fact that, uh, for instance, during the Lula administration, Lula was mm -hmm. a guy obsessed with Brazil's image abroad. So he went to a lot of summits. Uh, he, he became... Uh, Brazil's brand ambassador, if you will. Then mm -hmm. he is followed by Dilma Rousseff, who uh, arguably abandoned foreign policy. And then Michel Temer, who is a guy who is mm -hmm. not recognized as a legitimate leader. Uh, mm -hmm. For me, a very good example of that is when he went to Norway recently, and he was greeted by someone at the airport administration, I mean, not someone from the government, from the Norwegian government, uh, mm -hmm. the Norwegian press sent just one intern, so deemed that it wasn't worth covering uh, Tamer's visit to Oslo. Uh, how do you see that presence, uh, the change of presence of the of Brazil in the international arena and um, the impacts of that uh, and uh, how uh, how far is it the cause of these ranking drops that uh, you, mm -hmm. you you mentioned? I, I think I think it, it makes some difference, but not as much as the the economic crisis. I mean, uh, Dilma Dilma gave much less attention to foreign relations than Lula did. But if Brazil continued to grow and Brazil continued to uh, have uh, uh, money to uh, support foreign aid and to support foreign uh, foreign relations. 
uh, even without the president being president, present, uh, the country would not lose that much of their of the of its image. Uh, but when you think about uh, uh, what happened in Brazil, apart from that, I mean, uh, Dilma was re-elected in 2014, and she spent two years uh, just trying to uh, stop the, the the economic crisis and trying to survive in power. So uh, foreign relations wasn't her priority because nothing else was. Uh, govern uh, staying in power was her, her priority. Uh, and still, uh, the the first the, the first term, uh, she didn't give enough attention to foreign foreign relations. But the country didn't lose that much its, its standing because the country was not still uh, uh, into the in, in the, the situation that it came to be later. So uh, I think the fact that Dilma did not pay attention to international relations could affect some of the image of Brazil but not as much as the context did. Uh, so I think the, the, the problem for Brazil is much more the fact that uh, uh, there is a, a, a recession, the, the worst recession in, in, in more than a century in, in history, actually, uh, and a political crisis in which the president actually was taken out of power and was succeeded by another one who uh, arguably was going to put foreign relations back into into uh, uh, the priority list. Uh, but all, all he's doing in terms of, of international relations is trying to uh, uh, convince people that he is the legitimate president of Brazil, that there wasn't a coup in Brazil, and that uh, the, 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 the country is uh, stable. Uh, Something that goes against a lot, a lot of what people uh, who are analyzing the country and who are talking about the country are seeing. Uh, so uh, again, uh, uh, I put I put the, the 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 blame into the situation of the country. Uh, if Dilma had managed to avoid the, the economic crisis and to stay in power, Brazil would not be in the uh, in second to last in the soft power 30 uh, ranking, for example, I, I, would, I would bet on that. Uh, it could lose one or two places, but would not be, uh, uh, there would not have been a change in the image as there's been. Daniel, I'm really curious as to what you think the consequences are for Brazil losing this soft power. Uh, the consequences is, is that it gets harder to, to uh, have a voice in, in international relations. Uh, for example, the, the main, the, the, the most famous goal of Brazil in international relations is to become a permanent member of the UN Security Council. Uh, when Brazil was booming and the economy was going great and Lula was the man for Obama, uh, it was still hard to achieve that. Uh, but people were talking about it. People were talking about when Brazil could become a permanent member of the Security Council, when the UN was going to reform the Security Council. Uh, with the crisis, and now we have to, to understand that the crisis is not just for Brazil. Uh, uh, there is a, a change in, in global order going on uh, with uh, Trump in the U.S., with Brexit here in the U.K. Uh, with that change, uh, people are not talking about it anymore. And the probability of a, an actual reform of the, the U.N. Security Council is uh, much less likely now. Uh, but anyway, if we didn't think about that and only thought about Brazil, uh, that's one of the main areas in which Brazil would be less heard. 
uh, achieving its international goals would be much more difficult with the, the, the loss of soft power. And that's because uh, uh, we are talking about soft power because that's the power that Brazil has. Brazil is not a, a global uh, military power, it's not a global economic power. So we have to use that. And th that's been part of Brazilian foreign policy forever. I mean, uh, uh, the, the, the book Rubens e. Cooper published on the history of diplomacy in Brazil, he talks about how soft power was in the beginning of the formation of the, the foreign relations of Brazil with, uh, uh, with Rio Branco. So uh, that's the core of the power Brazil has. And, uh, when Brazil loses that, when Brazil loses that, Brazil loses all all, all its voice in international relations, and it gets really hard to to uh, uh, have any strength in international relations. And uh, in terms of uh, trade, and uh, in terms of economic consequences, uh, how ha being a, 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 having a lot of soft power can uh, impact trade, can impact how much money we're making in Brazil in terms of exports, in terms of uh, uh, tariffs. For instance, Trump has, in the U.S., uh, raised tariffs on steel, and uh, Brazil mm -hmm. is the second biggest steel exporter to the U.S. So if mm -hmm. uh, Brazil managed to, to be a, a temporary excluded from the list of countries, um, Uh, on which this this new taxes are are going to to be enforced, but uh, in terms of uh, economic consequences, uh, how much does soft power plays into the equation? That's that's very disputable. Uh, a lot of people say that soft power is not real power, uh, but still, it's something that is is taken in consideration when the country is trying to achieve deals. Uh, it's hard to say that it would make any difference for Trump because Trump is not a very normal global leader that would follow the traditional uh, uh, means of, uh, of uh, negotiations in international relations. Uh, but still, we could think that uh, uh, having soft power uh, would help the country be heard. Uh, It's really hard to 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 put a number down on that and, and know how much it would change uh, for the country. Uh, and I think it's not just one specific deal or one specific dispute. Uh, the the main the main importance for, of soft power for me is the fact that when Brazil was uh, uh, grow, uh, uh, rising in soft power, the country was more present, as I said, I said before and would be heard in any and all dispute it was going to be a part of. Uh, it could be uh, something like the tariffs Trump are putting up in the in, in, still in the U.S. It could be uh, talking about uh, uh, Haiti and what Brazil did in Haiti. Uh, it could be uh, the negotiations Brazil is going with the, the uh, is doing with the uh, European Union. Uh, we have to think of how the voice of the country was Uh, heard in all instances, and how that that was lost, uh, uh, and so it's it's. Uh, I'm not really sure if we'd be able to say how much Brazil could win with having more soft power and would lose with not having as much soft power, but it, it, it seems clear that uh, the country 
loses part of its voice and uh, becomes less relevant when trying to to uh, nego negotiate what what's interest what are the, uh, negotiate for the, the the interests of the country. I mean, it's interesting you you mention things like Brazil's participation with the UN. Um, because, you know, as recently as November last year, the UN asked Brazil for peacekeepers to help out with missions in the Central African Republic. What do you what mm -hmm. do you make of that? Uh, that that's Brazil. The, 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 the peacekeeping operations are really uh, one of the main parts of Brazil trying to to uh, uh, become a relevant player in the UN and trying to pursue the, the permanent permanent seat in the Security Council. Uh, so. The, the the job that was done in Haiti was really well received internationally, and Brazil uh, uh, is still seen as a country that can help with that. Uh, it goes a little bit beyond the idea of image that we are discussing here, and that's the focus of what I, I normally uh, study and talk about. But uh, especially when you think about how, how the, the the international community are asking for Brazil to help with that. Uh, but uh, uh, the, the, main, the main thing about the, the, the Central Africa mission is that uh, the UN saw Brazil as uh, having this uh, potential for uh, peacekeeping operations that was uh, freed after Haiti. And so it was easy to say, oh, so now you can help here instead of there. Uh, and I think it doesn't go a little, it doesn't, it doesn't relate much to, to how Brazil is perceived abroad. Uh, uh, and I think it will not really change a lot in the way Brazil uh, is pursuing its goal in the Security Council. Uh, but on the other hand, if Brazil uh, argues that it's not able to do another peacekeeping operation, that can change the way, uh, that can, can, can change the way the, the country is seen as a, as a contender to, to be a permanent member of the Security Council. And uh, I have one last question, Daniel. Uh, one time, mm -hmm. I remember you wrote that uh, Brazil's image abroad is that of a superfluous country. And I'd like to ask you to um, explain what that concept mm -hmm. is and if it's a negative thing. Yeah, the actual word is decorative. Ah, uh, that that's that's a, a phrase that I, I took from Simon Anhalt. He is the guy who created the term nation branding, and he developed most of the first surveys and analysis of how the world perceives how, how each country perceives the other, uh, uh, with that idea that uh, countries have images like brands have images. Uh, and his his idea was that Brazil uh, was very well evaluated in terms of uh, uh, soft, uh, not soft power now, uh, uh, soft aspects of its image. For example, people thought of Brazil as a very good tourist destination. People thought of Brazil as a place with a very uh, 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 friendly people, a uh, place for fun, a place for party. Uh, but people would not take Brazil as seriously when thinking about politics. Uh, that that is based on surveys with uh, people in general, uh, with uh, uh, common people on the streets, for example, not really uh, stakeholders. So it's the general idea people in other countries have about Brazil. So they they see Brazil as a very good place for fun and games, but not as a very good place for investment. Not a place they would like to move to. Not a place they would like 
to to see running the the the, the global global economy and global affairs. So from that, he takes the idea that uh, the country is decorative. It's uh, uh, it's not useful for the for for serious matters, and is there just for for uh, parties? It's it's the same analogy of the the general stereotype of Brazil as the, the a country of parties, a country of carnival, a country of beaches, uh, and not really a country. Uh, a leader in economic in economic and politics. So uh, that seems very negative, but his argument and uh, is that that's not really a problem, because that's the image of Italy, for example. Uh, Italy is also a place that people think about the food, people think about uh, uh, drinks, people think about wine, people think about parties, uh, and don't take it seriously politically. And that's not a problem for Italy because it, it's still a, a very important country in the world. Uh, what could be a problem that is the fact that Brazil is always trying to pursue a little bit more than than what it it, it, it can achieve. Uh, it's always punching above its weight. So uh, uh, a decorative country is going to have a much harder time becoming a permanent member of the Security Council than a country that is seen as useful. That's the, the main uh, problem that it's not that the image is bad for the country, is that that's the image of the country. What it, it wants to do with that, that's the problem. So if Brazil wants to be taken seriously, it, it, I think that that also applies to a lot we've been discussing before uh, for the uh, about the, 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 the international coverage, for example. Uh, if Brazil wants to be taken seriously, if Brazil wants to have good news about it going on in the world, it has to have this reality. Uh, we need good good things happening in Brazil in order to have good news about the country, and we need good things happening uh, uh, in terms of po politics and economics in order for Brazil to be taken seriously. It was starting to happen uh, in 2010 when I, when I did most of the research for my book. The main idea was that Brazil was becoming the country of the present because of the economy, because of the political stability. Uh, so. When that went south, so went the idea that Brazil could become more relevant. And now what the country needs to do, if he, for example, instead of, uh, of uh, having campaigns to uh, uh, help to get other countries to support its, its uh, 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 candidacy to, to a, permanent member, a permanent seat in the Security Council, it needs to become relevant. It needs to stabilize its politics. It needs to uh, develop its economy and become really relevant. With that will come the benefits from, from, from soft power and the benefits from uh, growth in, in, in utility and usefulness. So uh, uh, changing the reality would change the image, I think. Okay, thank you, Daniel. On that note, we'll have to, to end. Uh, we're out of time, but thanks. It was uh, thanks very interesting. Me. And uh, I hope we'll have you uh, back soon. Uh, and I want to thank as well all of our listeners. Uh, if you like what you heard, please take a few minutes to check out our reporting at the Brazilian Report. You can find new pieces on Brazilian politics, economics, and society every day on our website. That's Brazilian.report. We'd love to hear your thoughts about this podcast, so please do get in touch and let us know what you think or your suggestions for anything else you'd like to see us cover on this podcast. You can reach us via the Brazilian Report's website or Twitter. Our handle is at Brazilian underscore rep. This podcast was written and produced by me, Gustavo Ribeiro, for the Brazilian Report. That's all for now. We'll see you next week. They all want to come to Brazil, baby. Rihanna, are